We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. So, why are we doing a testimony morning? Well, first of all, our prayer is that you would be inspired by what God is doing in people's lives. Because God is at work everywhere, all the time. Right? You agree with that? Okay, cool. That's good. Uh, We're on the same page. So God is at work everywhere, all the time. And mostly what we do here is, uh, in this part of our service, is we preach from the Word of God, and we highly value the Word of God in St. Martin C3. But we also value that Word being applied to our lives and making a difference and allowing God to change us and make us who God has called us to be. And so we're going to hear some stories of some historical things that God has done in people's lives, as well as some new things that God has done in people's lives. And you might be sitting here thinking, yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool for them, but what about me? Well, first of all, be inspired that that's the kind of work that God does in people's lives. And then be thinking, as we're going through the service today, be thinking, God, what are you doing in me? What, what, what work are you doing in me today? What is my testimony? What is the change that you're doing in me? And you'll probably find that some of the stories that are coming out, God will actually use to go, yeah, well, how about that? How about you work on that one? Um, so uh, if, if you kind of, your conscience is um, at work today and God is working through your conscience, through the stories that are being told, listen to it. I think... Um, that would, be, that would be the message for today. The second thing is that here at Samaritan C3, we're really about um, community and connecting with each other. And a lot of these stories have come out of the connect groups and um, people sharing and praying together. And we really value that um, here at St. Martin's. We re- really value people being open and vulnerable and just um, sharing life together. Because it's when we do that... That, we, that God actually changes us, right? When we kind of hide away and just keep to ourselves, it, it's, it, it's harder. It's harder to do the Christian walk on your own. But when you open up your life to other people, it's powerful. And you're going to get to know a lot more about the people that are sharing. Um, you'll probably um, get to know some people you've never known before as they share today. And that's all part of us connecting as a church family. So um, do encourage everyone that gets up here. It's a bit scary um, to do it. Um, so, so be encouraging. And um, you know, afterwards, you know, give them a high five or whatever and go, yeah, well done, that was great. So you're ready to get into it? So these are, um, so just a story just to fill you in. About two weeks ago here in the church, we put the offer out to say, if you want to share a testimony, let us know. So um, around 10 or 11 people, well, I have, I've actually lost count now, um, have uh, uh, come to me and said, hey, I've got a story to share. So um, these are the stories that have come in, and we're going to start with Elizabeth, uh, wherever you are. Come on up. <laughs> Give her a hand. Yeah, you've got to come right up here. <laughs> cool. Um, kia ora e te whanau, um, ko Elizabeth Tokawingua. Um, I'm Elizabeth. Um, oh, I'm first, I wasn't expecting that. Right. Take a deep breath, you'll be fine. Um, I don't know about you, but I get a little bit, sometimes I think, God, I'm a wee bit over that refining fire. I'm a wee bit over that trial of suffering. I'm done, I feel fully charactered up here. 
Um, but actually, God doesn't really work like that. And if you look in the Bible, you see that often when the Jews had their backs against the walls, they would um, remember what God had done previously in their lives. And they often talked about... Um, when they came out of Egypt, that was one of their big things. So this story is my Egypt story, essentially. This is one of the stories that I go back to time and time again in my life because I know that God is faithful and he is good. And um, when I'm in a trial, um, I can stand, that's my tūranga waiwai, my standing place of God's goodness. Um, so just to say, for a start, it's a story about um, Anthony and I had Oliver and then we couldn't have any more. Um, so I know that's quite a triggering topic for a lot of people, so just putting that out there just to start with. So as I've just said, we had Oliver and then we couldn't have any more. And it was about two years and I don't know if, I'm not, I do know that some of you have been in that position as well and it's horrendous. It's very, very difficult. Um, as a woman you feel completely annihilated essentially. Um, and so... Um, about two years in, we were really, really struggling, and um, we went to, at our old church, um, uh, one of the elders, and he prayed with us, and he gave us this prophecy of um, a dinner table, and at the table there was Anthony and myself and Oliver, and then there was two more places at the table, and I'm like, yep, cool, Lord, and then at the head of the table there was Jesus, so, yep, cool, excellent, so on we went, on we went, and about a year later, um, with lots more words and all the rest of it. And the Lord sat me down one evening and he said, I want to speak to you about this. And he sat me down, and I'm, I'm not going to cry, I'm going to get through this. He sat me down and he said, I will give you a son and a daughter. And I thought, am I hearing this right, Lord? I've always known that you would give me a daughter, but I, am I hearing this right about the son? And he said, yes, I will give you a son and a daughter. And he said... As surely as I brought forth the waves, I can bring forth these children. So that was the place I stood. And then um, within the week, he sat me down again and said, um, read 1 Samuel. And 1 Samuel, of course, is about when Hannah couldn't have a baby. And um, the Lord said to her, I will bring forth your son Samuel and you will give him to me. And so the Lord um, said to me, you were to call your son Samuel. And I counted back um, between the time of that, when the Lord spoke to me then, and when I finally got pregnant with Samuel, it was 14 months. So in that intervening 14 months, I stood on that word, I stood on the other words, I stood on the promises, and you learn that when you're waiting for something, when God says something, you don't just say, please God, please God, please God, you say thank you for that word, and you stand in that point and place of thanking him and praising him, because when, sorry, I'm getting a bit wound yeah, up here, <laughs> when you stand on the promises of God and you praise him, you're in alignment with what his will for your life is. So that is where you stand. You stand on his promises to you. So that's where we stood and then we got pregnant with Samuel. Um, and then when he was nine months old, um, the Lord said to me, righto, you've got six months and then it's all over Red Rover. And I thought, righto, okay. And I said this to Anthony and we're both agreement because by this time I'm just getting a bit old. And I just thought, I'm a bit tired of this. So I said, right, Lord. 
After a month, he sat me down and he said, read the beginning of James, James 1. So James 1 verse 2 is, consider it pure joy, dear brothers and sisters, when you face trials of every kind. And I'm like, yay, Lord, done trials, thanks, no more of that. And he said, no, 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 read it again. Consider it pure joy, dear brothers and sisters. And he said, read it again. Consider it pure joy. And suddenly I clicked and I clicked that I was pregnant with our daughter. And the reason I know that, and I went out that day and did a pregnancy test and I was, um, is because when I was, this is the ouchy bit, when I was 13, just before my mother died, she said to me, what are you going to name your daughter? And I said, Katie, and Katie means, is a derivative of Catherine, and means pure. And all the women in our family, going back, have the middle name Joy. So, pure joy. So when he said to me, read that verse, pure joy, I then knew, boom, there was our daughter coming. So this is our story, this is my tūranga waiwai, and I just encourage you, when God promises things to you, stand in that place and praise and thank him, because he is faithful. That's awesome, well done. Okay, Lorraine, where is Lorraine, Mary Corey? Yep. So who wants to hear more of Elizabeth? We're going to get all these budding preachers coming out soon. This is awesome. This is great. Cool. You're right. Thank you. Hold that at the same God point. is good. Yes. And you're all meant to say. Amen. Amen. All the time. All the time. <laughs> um, in um, August, somebody rang Mark and I up, or rang me up, at about half past six and said, can you take a 13-year-old for the weekend? And immediately I just thought, yes. Mark didn't know anything about it. He was still at work. And um, I just sort of felt in my heart, yes, this was the right thing to do. And we had this 13-year-old for five weeks, not just a weekend. And she came from a situation where she could not go home after school to her family. Uh, we asked lots of people, thank you, for prayer to find a home because she was not allowed to go back to that home because of things that were happening. And we had so many people praying for her to, to come to a, to be able to go to a, a Christian home, somewhere where she would be respected, somewhere where she would be loved. And um, coming up to the four weeks, I said to somebody, the person that sent her to us, I believe that there is a family out there for her. Um, And I believe it's going to come within the next week. And it was just like God really spoke to my heart and said, well, we have the right person for her, the right family. And she didn't want to go. She wanted to stay with us. 
because we spoiled her like a grandchild. <laughs> and, um, and, and, she, and she loved it, because I made no bound, hardly any boundaries, and it was just sort of like, she just thought this was amazing. Um, but I had to tell her, this is not going to carry on. Uh, <laughs> where you go. Um, and it was, it was so sad to see her go, but God found the perfect family for her. And it was actually um, her biological father's sister in Auckland that um, said that she would have her, uh, her and her husband would have her, and they are Christians. Yeah, uh, cool. And so she's gone to this amazing family. But just about Priya, um, and I do not confess to be totally a prayerful person every minute of the day. And there's often situations that somebody will talk to me about and I'll just go, oh, okay. Um, and not always pray about it. But prayer does come through. And I know that when I first became a Christian, um, we had prophecies and... I used to think, well, gosh, five years has gone by, ten years has gone by, and nothing is actually happening. But I must say that the majority of those prophecies have come to pass, mm. and it's not when we want it to happen. It's when God wants it to happen. Mm. And it's all about pressing in, being prayerful, having patience, um, with what the Lord's got for us. This young 13-year-old is doing well, and she's got a lot to go through to, to actually be a 13-year-old again in her life. But I do believe that all the prayers that went out there for her will come to pass. Mm. I believe that God is going to touch her life in a mighty way. Mm. And it's not, like, it's not about us, um, well, maybe about us being obedient, but it's about what God is doing. Mm. And just uh, a scripture from Luke 18. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Mm. And we can so lose heart, or, you know, quite often because we think, well, you know, come on, God, I'm praying, I'm doing what you're saying that I should do. But it's actually being patient and waiting for his time. Mm, it's very hard out there for young people um, today. Um, they have got, it's different from when we grew up, there's many more challenges, a lot more evil things going on out in the world. And it's really, really hard for them. And I just would like to say we need to just listen to them. You know, if they just if they want to sit down and tell a story, listen to that story because that story may be very important for their well-being, mm. and and we may be able to do something to help. Just yeah. a little um, a little thing here that. I read out of this little book I've got, and it's based on um, scriptural. Forgiving others for as we forgive, so are we ourselves forgiven by them? And by life itself, 
By forgiving others, we acquire also the wisdom to forgive ourselves. Mm. And it's just a little bit of... Good. Cool. Thank you, Lorraine. <laughs> Which segues very nicely to Vicky. Vicky, do you want to come up and share your testimony today? It would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all good. Hi, my name's Vicky. Um, two weeks ago, Warren preached on forgiveness, and I just realised what a powerful message it was. And it took me back um, 25 years ago. I'd been with my husband for 30 years, and he walked into the house one night, and he said to me, I want to leave. I'm leaving. And to say I was devastated was not even thinking about it. But God had already prepared me. Two weeks before, I'd read a book on forgiveness, and it had really um, gone into my soul. And the same night, I went into the bedroom, I got on my knees, and I said, Lord, I choose to forgive him because I realized forgiveness is a choice. Mm. And um, I said to the Lord, I don't feel like forgiving him. I don't think I am forgiving him, but you make it real in my heart. I choose mm. to do it, and you'll make it real in my heart. Mm. Well, the next few weeks and months were horrendous. Um, and what I realized too was, I had the devil on my shoulder whispering into my ear all the time. When I had to find somewhere to live, when I had to find a job, or the children who were just devastated, I just, you know, the forgiveness went out of the window, but I had to get back on my knees that night and forgive him, and that was what I chose to do. Mm. Anyway, um, what I can say now is, like I say, that was 25 years ago, and it wasn't an easy journey, but I probably learned a lot more from the journey than everybody else did. And today, we have children, we have grandchildren that we share, we spend Christmas together, we spend family birthdays together. He's remarried and has a lovely wife. And I can honestly say that every little bit of forgiveness was worth it because now I have no resentment in my heart towards him, not anything. And God's way is the best way. And if you do forgive, because some people have terrible hurts, just remember that it's a journey. It's not a one-off. You have to forgive over and over again, because God will honour you if you do. Mm, Thank, you. Yeah, thank you. Anne, do you want to come up and uh, see you? Some great stories coming out today. Okay. This is a story... Uh, it's about God works in mysterious ways. He really does. 
Um, a few, quite a few years ago, I was, um, I was going to um, an alpha course. As it turned out, the alpha course was the weekend that Ken and I got separated. And it was, it, it was an amazing, because God does work in mysterious ways. Anyway, he, he made, he, what he did was that I was on an, uh, a course, a business course, just for the weekend, and my husband went to his alpha course, and it was this long weekend that you have at Glenfiddich. Um, he, he went there first. If I'd have been with him, I would have, I would have said, let's, let's get out. But I wasn't with him. And what happened was that, um, in the end, I sat in the middle of this grass and a, a lady came to me, her name was Biff, and she came to me and said everything that I needed to hear about God. But we were in the, in the wrong part of the garden. We weren't supposed to be sitting there. But it was amazing that she came and stood next to me and sat next to me. And I'll never forget that moment when I came to the Lord. Mm. It was amazing. Mm. I just can't believe that if we'd have been together, I would have said to Ken, oh, let's leave here. Let, let's go because this is too much for me. But because I wasn't with Ken at that time, and he went on his own. He came back a different man. He came back kind, generous. He was a, the most wonderful husband. And I can honestly say, without fail, that he came back a kinder, gentler person than he ever was. Mm. And that, that is the story that I have. Mm. That's cool. cool. Thank you, Isn't it amazing how God just puts you in the right place at the right time for a reason? And that's what we were talking about before, that God is at work everywhere all the time. And sometimes we just need to um, place ourselves in the right place at the right time, just be obedient to what God is doing. Uh, in relation to that, Josiah, wherever you are, I think yours connects with this. So let's, uh, let's hear your story. It would be great. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to share a short story from last week. I went to the New Brighton Library and I was sitting up on the top floor there just looking out over the sea, settling down to sort of read and have a couple of hours off, which is quite rare, quite rare these days. And I could hear a guy talking to a girl down the far end and I sort of tried to zone out and concentrate. But then I realised after a while that he was, he was sharing his faith with her and she was really pushing back, what about this, what about that? And after a while, I sort of gave up trying to, trying to zone out and thought, oh, okay, I'll sort of listen and maybe God's trying to talk to me because 
You know, in the past when I was at university, I learned how to share my faith, how to share my testimony, and have been really privileged over the years to see God just come through and change people's lives in radical ways when they, when they turn to him, when they come to him here and overseas. But, you know, for the last year and a bit, I've, I don't think I've really shared my faith at all, and it's just been a, a hard year and a stressful year. So I sort of thought, okay, maybe God's just wanted me to hear this, hear this guy sharing his faith. And, and he did an amazing job, you know, he was just really, really relaxed and really open and just really honest with all his replies, and um, it was beautiful to hear. And um, then after a while, a librarian came and sat down on the desk there and was sort of making faces at me, like, get a load of this, what are these guys doing? And um, so then he, he eventually, after fidgeting, sat down beside them and said, oh, can I just make a comment? And da, 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 and got really into it. And just then, a lady that was sitting between me and them said, oh, I want to join that conversation too. <laughs> so, and so then I stood up and got my books and sat down beside them and just sort of listened for a bit. Um, and um, then, yeah, after a while, I had a chance to, to share my take on it, my perspective on faith. And so, yeah, I got to share my testimony about how I'd grown up in a Christian family and had all these hang-ups with, how do I know this is right? And, and then seeing God really come through in, in a radical way and um, understanding really what Christ did and, um, yeah, and, and the things I'd seen and um, God's faithfulness and how he's changed my life. And just to the end, I got to sort of put the focus back on Christ, on what Jesus did and how him dying on the cross for us, forgiving our sins, how that actually is the basis of our, of our Christian life, how we live out of that thankfulness of what he's done. And it was just really cool. To, I really felt, you know, God speaking through me at that, at that moment. And um, it kind of, it was just so, you know, in, in my face, like that opportunity, like mm. how, how common is that for five strangers who don't know each other to Ooh, spontaneously hey. be talking about yeah, faith yeah, like that. That's really cool. But um, it just reminded me, yeah, in the past... Um, times when I'd prayed for opportunities to share my faith, all of a sudden I just see them everywhere, you know, when I asked and um, I just felt like God was just taking it really slow and being kind and just giving me this really kind of obvious, obvious way. Um, and it just, yeah, reminded me to, to, um, to ask those opportunities. And the girl we were talking to, she said, you know, she was very anti-Christian really. And she said, in the past, if I heard Christianity, this wall would just go up. But lately God's been like breaking that down. And now talking to you guys, I feel like that's happening even more and so it's just it was really cool that's to really hear cool. what God's been doing in her life so yeah that's yeah. good cool thanks to start. I think that's amazing that you just get like it's not just a conversation between one or two people but that you know there's a whole cluster of people then generating this conversation about God and things like that. As you say, it doesn't happen very often. Um, and to link with this, we've actually got one on the screen that Anna sent in um, this week, so you can turn to the screen. This I is, just have yeah. a short testimony for mums and dads, but all of us really. Uh, so my name's Anna Beach and our son Titus Beach, who is now four, uh, about Four or five months ago now, he was waking at all times of the night um, with bad dreams. He was having bad dreams and unfortunately no amount of logic or reasoning was helping, um, even comforting. Yeah, it was a real struggle at 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Uh, so we decided, okay, we need help. We need to do something about this. Um, so Josiah and I, my husband Josiah and I, we began praying and just asking God for wisdom. We decided to go into his room but as we were putting him down for bed in the evenings and begin praying. 
So we started just praying scriptures over him, over his bedroom. Scriptures like, fear not, for I am with you. Or, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And just claiming good sleep, rest, and peace over him. And just praying, praying, night after night. We also enlisted Warren and a few others here from church um, came and prayed for us and for him and his sleep. And what do you know? God, he is so good. He answered our prayers and Titus started sleeping again. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so that's just a short testimony to um, encourage you guys that prayer changes things. We can turn to God about all things, big and small. You might think, oh, that's just a small thing. God can't change that. But actually, he can. He cares about the small and the big things in our lives. Really good. Cool. Thank you, Anna. Sarah Jane, where are you? Come on up and um, kind of related a bit to that, isn't it? Praying for the little things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Oh, you can. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. He's being wriggly, so I might sit down. Um, just a little story. After John T spoke with us last week about generosity, it came to mind that our daughter, Zoe, the middle child, she's eight, soon to be nine, but she has a very generous heart, and I think. Um, I've learned a lot from her generosity, so I'd just like to share this little um, story with you. In COVID, um, Zoe, well, just before COVID, it was the school holidays, and Zoe said, Mummy, I'd like to have a stall outside our house. And I, I love stalls, and I like her entrepreneurism, if that's a word. But um, So she, she's our little entrepreneur, and she... Um, Wants, likes to make money as, as it happens, but she's super generous. And we couldn't do this stall, much to Mark's pleasure, because I think he didn't, he was a little bit reluctant about extorting money from our neighbours, so <laughs> in his mind and the mess. But, um, we got busy because COVID's a good time to plant a lot of plants, and she likes to harvest things, and she's green fingers, so. She um, collected all the lavender. We made lavender, little lavender um, birds that you could put under your pillow to help sleep. Blah, 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 the list goes on. And we had a great time. Um, and then this holiday, um, oh, I think Mark had hoped that it sort of gone by the by, but she said, can I do a stall? And then we, I'll never win, so we can do a stall. And I... Um, yeah, so we got underway with that, and my neighbour had said to me, oh, I loved it when you had that stool, because um, I got to meet you guys for the first time, and there was, um, yeah, and, my, and your kids brought out the books that we'd they bought cheaply off our girls, and oh, I love this book, you know. And so just to reassure Mark that it was a great community <laughs> <laughs> event. So she got busy, and we had this little stool, and she really wanted to give half the money away to a charity and as John had mentioned um, you know sometimes it's good to pray and just to ask where do I give and we did ask and we thought about it and there's this group called Pips where um, 
It's called Pregnancy, Infancy, Parenting Support. You're not going to remember that, but it's in New Brighton, and they've given me hurdles of stuff because we have this we have this baby coming and we had given away everything. So thankfully to them I do have pregnancy clothes. <laughs> and um, it's a really great charity. Anyway, she thought it would be good because she likes going there and choosing clothes, you see. And she thought, right, I can give half of this money away. Well, um, I was kind of thinking it might not be very much money because likely story is that you're not going to sell a great deal. But um, Dare I say that as a parent, but you know, maybe thirty dollars. But um, nevertheless, she she's a really good seller, and uh, she has some very generous friends. <laughs> and um, she sold things at a really cheap price, so lots of turnover. And here she is. Um, yes, very cute too. Um, so she sold stuff. We counted the money. It was seventy-five dollars that she bought in. <laughs> and, um, so she had 37.50 to give away, which she bought, and I just adore in her the heart that she has, because she she doesn't just give reluctantly; she gives with such joy, and I think we can all learn something from that. And she's super; she's always content, like, and she always has more money. So um, it's something we can learn from these little people, isn't it? That um, we just need to give with a generous heart of joy and it's there's a great verse that just speaks to this as well and I'm nearly done um, yeah just in Luke oh, um, she had saved her mark and then she had pulled the mark out I did pull the mark out you're quite right <laughs> Matthew Mark Luke right okay because this is well it's an interesting version I suppose but um, Luke and what do we say? Six, that's right. You probably know this one. Um, 38. For if you give, you'll get. Your gift will return to you in full and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaking together, and made room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use to give, large or small, will be used to measure what is given back to you. And certainly she got back what she had given exactly, more than half actually. And um, and the lady, when we brought it in, had a, was very receptive, which was just great. But um, she said, what are you gonna do with the other half? And Zoe says, well, I'm gonna buy a nectarine tree so I can make more money and sell all the fruit. So. Yeah. <laughs> the entrepreneur is still coming on. That's awesome. Okay, Bev, where's Bev hiding? Come on up and share. Good morning, everyone. I've written mine out because I knew I'd probably probably get up here and freeze and wouldn't know what I was going to say. But amazingly, last night when I went when I went to bed and did my reading, the reading was tell them what great things the Lord has done from Mark five nineteen. Mm. And I found that just amazing and so encouraging that um it was right to get up here and say something this morning. Um, and I had started this. The Lord had given me a nudge and then a push to share with you this morning about how important it is 
to be where the Lord wants you and then the blessings you receive. So that follows on what, what somebody else said. Two and a half years ago, I shifted down from Kaikoura to Christchurch after living 50 years there and what a huge challenge it has been. As I left Kaikoura, the Lord gave me this well-known verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understandings in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that is just so true. <clears throat> I lived with family for nearly six months looking for the right house. Found one in St Martin's that I knew was for me and it ticked nine out of the ten boxes. But the family didn't like it, so we kept on looking. Three months later, it was back on the market again. We looked through it, and I knew it was the one the Lord wanted me to have. So I shifted in a few weeks later. That very day, a newsletter was in the letterbox from C3 Church. So I checked it out, along with another church. They knew without a doubt that the Lord wanted me to worship at C3. The timing was just perfect. But for all this to happen... I had to trust the Lord and go where he directed me. In C3, I have found a wonderful group of older women who have been such a blessing. We are all so different. We think differently. We act differently. But respect one another through Christ's love. This has been part of God's wonderful plan for my new life. It is so important to be where God wants you to be. St. Martin's, the suburb God had planned where he wanted me to live. The house, perfect in all its ways. I absolutely love it. The newsletter, perfect timing, being in the right place. C3, a great blessing. Great worship, great teaching, Communion, that is a so important for our Christian well-being. And friends, real, true friends who love the Lord. Why wouldn't you trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What a great and mighty God we have. Okay, Gwenda, where are you hiding? Do you want to come on up? Um, there's an intriguing verse in Revelation chapter 12 that says, Then I heard a loud voice from heaven say, For the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Um, so, yeah, a word of testimony is a very powerful weapon against the enemy, and he wants us to use it. Um, so this is my testimony of how God impressed that on me. Um, last year, Warren did a sermon, and during the sermon, he said, pray for God's vision for your year. And I thought, I already know what God's vision is. You know, I've got 12 kids, I homeschool, I've got borders, I'm kind of busy. So, um, yeah, taking care of people, so I won't pray that prayer. And then... <laughs> 
Wow. I'll give you that one. <laughs> it sort of weighed on me, and I thought after a while, I suppose I really ought to pray that prayer. You know, maybe God will help me with my schedule or something. So um, eventually I prayed that prayer. And, and just after that, um, I overheard one of our boarders talking to one of our younger kids, and she was talking about this book she'd written of her life. And I was like, have you written a book, Hannah? I would love to see it. So I was having a look at it, and I was going, she's 21. She's written out her testimony already. I'm old. I ought to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'd always wanted to um, write down the stories of the faithfulness of God to our family, but I was always, you know, I don't know where to start. Um, I'm too busy. I mean, there's always some reason why I couldn't do it. So um, now I sort of really had it on my heart to do it after seeing what she'd done. And I, I thought, I, I'm not going to do this unless this is what God wants because... Yeah, I'd have to have his help. How could I ever do this by myself? And um, so one day I just got in the shower and I was just like, um, dear Lord, if, if you want me to you know, write down this, uh, effectively our family testimony, um, then I, I'll do it, but I, only with your help. And I'm not going to do it unless you want me to. Um, and then I got out of the shower and I turned on the radio while I was getting changed. And a man's voice was in full flight and he said, your testimony will be read by those who won't read anything else. Do it. <laughs> that's exactly what happened so um, I okay and then so that night when the children were in bed I went upstairs to the computer and I sat down in faith and, um, and then the words just came and they just poured out of me and for three weeks um, just doing it around all my other commitments and duties and stuff um, I just wrote down all these words that kept coming and then it was finished it was largely finished after three weeks and and just after that, I accidentally ended up writing a sequel much the same way. And, um, and I ended up going into public libraries all over New Zealand, and it's a testimony. I mean, how can, I couldn't believe that that happened. And um, this is not, by the way, telling you to write books. Um, this, is, this is about praying that God will um, show you how to share with others. And, um, yeah, because I, I really, yeah, see, he, he wants your testimony out there and he will help you, you know, do things that you never thought you could do. Mm. So, so pray, just like Josiah said, pray for opportunities. Yeah. That's good, cool, thank you. So just when you think you're too busy, once you've got 12 kids and you write a book at the same time, you know, then you can go, okay, now I'm busy. Okay. Um, Okay, to finish off with, we've got two testimonies that are slightly related to each other, and we're going to start with Caitlin Steele. Come on up and share yours to start off with. <laughs> yeah, give her a hand as she comes. Uh, yeah, so my testimony starts, there's many facets of it, but um, to begin with, in July of this year, I finished my training to become a qualified teacher, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Um, and currently, I am working in a school. It is a school that I did a placement on. Absolutely loved the school, love being there, and have loved every element of being, you know, a teacher at that school. Um, as a part of that, I was super keen to stay at that school because my current job is a fixed term contract till the end of the year. Um, and I was you know, desperate, I guess, to stay at that school because I've loved being there and loved the community and the staff and everything about it. Um, It then, you know, as my job has continued, you know, through talking with other staff, uh, it was, I understood that there were going to be, or should have been, three positions come available for next year. And there are three staff at the school on fixed-term contracts, myself being one of them. So, you know, it all seemed to be lining up for me to be able to 
stay in my job, stay at the school and be where I wanted to be. Um, in the meantime, nothing had been advertised yet and I was encouraged to still apply for other jobs just on the off chance. Uh, so there was another school that I was, you know, quite happy to work at, so I applied there. Uh, nothing came of it. It was like, you know, weeks went by and nothing happened and I was like, okay, I think, you know, it's kind of lining up for me to stay where I am. Um, but a month later, I receive a phone call saying, we want to give you an interview. And I was like, okay, this has come out of nowhere, uh, not anything I expected to happen. Um, and so when I knew this, I was quite unsure what I was going to do moving forward. So I know myself and my parents, we were just praying that, you know, the right door would be opened whichever way it seems to go. So a week later, I go to my interview, um, you know, it went reasonably well, my first ever job interview, bit scary, but I did it. Um, and then two hours after the interview, I received a phone call saying, we are offering you the job. Mm. And I could not believe it, it baffled me, um, to the point where I asked for a bit of time to think about it, because it came so out of the blue. Um, and I had the choice to weigh up of, do I take this job or do I hope and that I am going to be able to get a job at the school I currently work at, which I would love to stay at. So, you know, I had some thinking and time to process. Um, the next day I went and spoke to the principal at the school I'm currently at, and she was actually one of my referees, um, but she was super encouraging and supportive of me potentially taking this new job. Uh, so following that, I made the decision to accept the job offer. So that was on the Thursday, I accepted the job offer at a new school for next year. Um, and then that evening, all of the staff at our school received an email saying there had been a change in funding and they could only advertise two positions mm -hmm. for next year. And that just blew my mind and was definitely a moment of, wow, this you know, if God's hand wasn't in this, I don't know how you can explain what just happened because, um, yeah, there's no denying that he saw the bigger picture and knew where I was meant to be and this new school for next year is, you know, where he wants me to be and I'm really excited and looking forward to what might happen. Very so, yeah. Very cool. Tim. <laughs> Lost his bit of paper, did he? <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. Tenakoto, Tenakoto, Tenakoto Katoa, ko Timwang Toku Ingwa. Greetings all, and my name is Tim. Uh, five years ago, I gave up uh, my job, uh, my full time job being a builder, paid employment to take up full time work without being paid. Mm. Being a parent. <laughs> very important work that was to look after my family and to look after my wife. So as time progressed, I started to wonder what should I do when things are settled and I need to move forward? I was thinking about going back to building. I was thinking about retraining. I had a really good job opportunity working with the church here and um, looking, at the uh, looking after the buildings and um, the building projects. That looked really promising. I and I had an advocate here who was keep tapping me on the shoulder, and uh, you'd be perfect for the job. I probably would have been. 
But, um, <laughs> and you can say no to the pasta. So. <laughs> Plenty of people do. Yeah, but look, I couldn't today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, and I was just wondering, you know, and um, I'm quite handy with my hands and there was an opportunity as well to start doing investment properties and bits and pieces as well, but then it was all about focusing on the family. And so when, um, two years ago, um, we were in the position of, um, well, I was in the position of what the heck to do with my son as he was going into school. And I took him up to where my two girls were, and it just didn't sit in, in my heart that I could send Toby there because I had these thoughts of my wife haunting me if I left Toby at the school, and that was a great uh, motivation to look elsewhere. It was the end of the year, there was only about two weeks left of school, and I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? And so um, I thought if I chose another state school who's doing the modern learning environment, I'm going to be in the same position that I am right now. That wasn't good. I started looking at Catholic schools, and then I started, I just couldn't afford doing private school. And then I thought, Tim, you meathead. Church has a school. And so... <laughs> And, but I know the waiting list was bonkers, and then I flicked a text to Warren, and he says, um, oh, just leave it with me, and then next minute, um, we're having an interview here, and like three seconds later, Steve is giving us three positions at the school, and so I leapt onto that, and that was going into Christmas, and I just really praise God for that, because it meant that we could actually enjoy Christmas without wondering if the kids were going to go in or out of the school, and so, you know, and... Um, as you know, um, quite a few of you know us about our journey, and um, we, we were holding on three Ps. It was um, God's um, peace, his power, which is his strength, and his provision. So for the provision tick, it was like wonderful. We enjoyed our holiday. The kids started at school, and they've loved it, and it's been so brilliant. So I had a year where I didn't know what I was doing, and so I, I helped out a lot in Toby's class. And... I was there every day, and the teacher started saying, Tim, you need to be a teacher. And I thought, no, 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 no. Who would want to be a teacher? No. And, it was like, and then as things progressed through the year, um, we stayed with some friends up at um, Lake Coleridge, and it was quite a, um, a frenetic year, and I actually had time to be by myself and while the kids were roving around with the other kids. And the Lord... This is, he said, you're going to be a teacher. I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to be a teacher. So there's only about two or three times in my life where I really sense God telling me, you've got to do this. The funny thing is one of the first times was actually not to ask my wife out. But it's funny how things work out. Huh? But then I ended up saying, okay, Lord, if this is going to happen, you, you're going to have to provide so, I um, went back and, and I started making inquiries. There's two outfits in Christchurch where you can train. It's the grad school where Caitlin has um, graduated, thankfully. I know that there's hope you can get through. And, um, <laughs> and also um, University of Canterbury. And so, I talked to friends um, who've been through grad school and I've talked to staff here who've been to grad school. Then I started talking to Steve saying, am I too old to be a teacher? And he goes, no, you're not too old to be a teacher. That fuel tick. 
I called up grad school and I interviewed them. I went and saw the big cheese there, his name is um, Kevin, and I sat down and said, there's two outfits in town, tell me why I should choose you. <laughs> and so I had him for an hour, and um, he, 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 he pitched it really well, and he asked me to apply. So I went home and I got my application done in like a couple of days and flicked it off and within the week I got interviewed and then within a week then they said, we'll offer you a position at grad school. And so I thought, oh, and this was before Christmas. So I could go into Christmas thinking, well, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year, but now I do. So that was at the beginning of this year. I've really enjoyed this um, process of um, becoming a teacher and uh, learning and and. About six weeks ago, it was the mid, the midway blues. You think, oh, what am I doing? Oh, should I be a teacher? If I, am I going to get a job? And so I had um, the second time, Toby um, tells me that I picked him up this year because not that he's counting. I um, parked over on the senior side. I parked beside a friend and the friend told me, Tim, there's a job going here. You need to apply. I was like, I'm not even finished training, okay. So I walk across the road, I pick up outside Toby's class, two, t um, two parents say, Tim, there's a job going here, you need to apply. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool. And so I pick up Toby, Dad, this is the second time you've picked me up this year. Okay, thanks son, not, no pressure. Went to the um, crossing over there and a the teacher said, Tim, there's a job here, you need to apply. He's like, okay. I take 10 more steps. <laughs> Tim, guess what? There's a job going here. You've you got to talk to Steve. You've got to apply for it because we, we all want you to work here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then so the next morning I came into the office to drop something off and so t Steve comes up. Tim, <laughs> when are you finished training? I'm like, um, next year? Okay. Can you finish this year? N no. <laughs> Step into my office. I was like, <laughs> okay. So, and so this process is taking a wee bit. And so on Wednesday, um, I found out that I'll be starting in term two. So, that P provision, with all that my family's gone through, I still know that I can, I don't even have to worry. I just have to walk in faith walk forward, look after my kids, and he's going to look after me. So, thank you. That's awesome. Good. Thanks, Tim. And I know that we've gone way over time, and the kids through in the Spark area are looking and going, where are my parents going to come? But we're going to squeeze in one more because it's amazing. Susie, come and share with us. Oh, sorry. <coughs> oh, wow. Oh, I better be quick. Um, um, let me see, okay, my husband Paul, who knows if you don't know, he's spent his life back forth, back and forth, being in the mission field, he never wants to stay here. So he, in the middle of it, he grabbed me back here and then we back and forth and back and forth, okay? So all our life for him, he decided to do that. But for me, coming from a poor background, really hard to trust God, you know, seek his kingdom first and then da da da. It's all good theory, but for me it was scary. So we got got to the mission field, we found that the support from South City was half what we were expecting. And later they they they, they caught up with that. <laughs> anyway, 
So we thought, well, we're there. Okay, let's get on with life and then just carry on. So we did all this, you know, out of trust, just do it. Yeah, so we did. And God really provided, you know, what we needed at the time, and even though he had to work all the time. But it's good. Working is good. And um, so after, um, let me think, move forward. Okay. At times, I was starting to worry. We are getting older and older. We haven't got a house in New Zealand, you know. And then one time, I had, you know, once when we went to back without support, two years, we spent half our saving, came back. Oh no! Okay, that's uh, for me. It's a scary thing. And uh, this time, I had to spend eight thousand New Zealand dollars buy our tickets all for us family. The South City didn't say they will pay. Oh. <laughs> I was just, I just worried. I was ask people, pray, pray for me, <laughs> you know. So I cried, you know, I did. I'm a human, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we came back and, and uh, you know, and I shared in our regular prayer meeting uh, with the, for the Muslim people. And then I wanted to share my concern, you know, my husband, no, you shouldn't. But, oh, I did. And I've, you know, and then people really prayed for us and, uh, and see, some people say, I will give you $50,000 for your deposit, okay? If you can get a mortgage, I'll go, well, 50000 God really cares, obviously. So we went back. I was so happy. Oh, wow, 50000 60000 One is 10000 One another one's fifty. So it's $60,000 coming from heaven. So I thought, wow, okay, God really cares. So I went back and really feel happy. God really cares. So I started to apply for mortgage through here. They said, your income for the whole family? No way. We're not giving a mortgage to you. So, okay, that's all right. I didn't care. Really strangely, supernaturally, my worry just... I thought, God really cares, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, I just supernaturally, my worry just, yeah, you know, went out the window three years, four, five years ago. So after two years, we still didn't have a house, nothing changed. The $60,000 looks good, but it's not there, you know, because we are not buying a house, no house available, no mortgage. So I thought, well, no, it doesn't bother me anymore. Nothing, really peace, total, total, okay? So we came back, and then my friend said, well, the one offered 50000 They said, well, we, we better get you a house. You know, if I haven't got a mortgage, what can we do? We'll lend you all the money, okay? Free of interest. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Free of interest. Whew. Okay, by then, it doesn't surprise me so much anymore, mm -hmm. because I... I knew God cares. Sixty thousand that was solved my all my worries. Oh, whew, worked out the system. So before then, okay, so free of interest. Wow, great, but it's wonderful. Okay, we got the mortgage, and he looked for the friends, drove around, looked for a house for us. So we rented out, and we went back again. Okay, great, that's fine. So, for two years afterward, they said, oh, don't worry, you don't need to pay us back so soon, it's indefinite. Another term, you know, indefinite. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can relax, do whatever God tells us to do in the field. We just did it, had lots of fun, remember? Mm -hmm. Lots of fun out there, okay? So, and Paul and I, we're just ready to pluck up and go do what God wants us forever. No, no problem. So, the trust... First, yeah? Okay, then 
we got stuck in COVID this year, so-called stuck, okay? It's not really exactly. So God has purpose, but Paul is ready to pick up the dairy farming. Wow, at this age, he said, I need to keep my qualification up to be ready to go back and use it again. You imagine if you are 60, I'm sorry, don't tell him, okay? <laughs> I tell you this, okay? You are getting qualification to go back. So, what's stopping you guys, 20, 30, 40, 50? <laughs> okay? So, I'm just saying, my husband is faithfully, he just knows what he needs to do for, you know, just give his life, everything will come into place. But for me, I had this fear on and off, on and off, yet we are ready to get up and go any day. God is good, but before I finish the story, a couple of weeks ago, a friend, this friend said, I will give you the house. <laughs> Just explain that a little bit further. <laughs> you don't need to pay the loan anymore, okay? <laughs> God just chuck a house, okay, a third or over a half of the house, okay, drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. You have it. That's okay. How's that? Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. Cool. <laughs> so, step out. Do what you do. God will. And lavish. <gasps> I cried. A, uh, uh, but I knew God cared five years ago. I knew that. So it's a trust first. Trust. Yeah. And then he will do great things. Amen. Amen. What a good place to finish. Thank you, Susie. Hey, let's stand together. I think when Susie told me about that a couple of weeks ago, and I know the, the couple that have donated the house um, to the dailies, and they're an amazing uh, Christchurch couple, very, very generous. Um, but imagine that. Imagine being literally given a mortgage-free house. Uh, that is just an amazing blessing. And just really... Um, honouring to the Daily Family for um, your years of service of just serving God and all that you're doing. So um, it's fantastic. But what an amazing testimonies. Hey, give a big hand to everyone that got up and shared today. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.